welcome to this week's episode of the Lively Girl and Book Boy podcast. Tonight I'm talking to Claire Barker, who is the author of the Pickle Witch and Jack series and also the Knitbone Pepper series, which you may have enjoyed. I'm looking forward to hearing about her latest book and how she crafts her stories. I hope you enjoy. Right, hello everyone. Tonight I am talking to author Claire Barker. She has very kindly agreed to chat to me about her writing and her latest Pickle Witch and Jack adventure. Hi there, Claire. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about your lovely new book, which is called, in its full title, Pickle Witch and Jack and the Cuckoo Cousin. And that's published by Faber and Faber and illustrated by Timu Yohani. So thank you so much for coming on to chat. And the My first question is a really easy one. Can you tell us a little bit about what the book is actually all about, please? Um, Pickle Witch Jack and the Cuckoo Cousin. Um, in this one, Pickle Witch receives a letter in her tree. It's delivered by a seagull. And it's from her supposed cousin, Archie Cuckoo, announcing that he will be coming to stay. And she's very, very excited about this. And she sets about... Um, making her tree very smart as per witch etiquette, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lining up the birds and all that sort of thing. But Jack isn't sure about it at all. He's sure that um, another witch is going to be a problem. You know, he's bound to have earwigs in his hair and create all kinds of problems, just like Pickle Witch. You know, if, if, if one witch is trouble, then two will be double sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Archie isn't at all what he expects. Archie is nothing how he imagines a witch to be and um that's where all the trouble starts really lovely and for those who haven't read um the first book could you just fill us in a little bit of background about how pickled witch and jack uh, met in the first place oh yeah um well um jack and his mum move into a new house he's won a scholarship to st immaculate school for the gifted and uh, jack's good at just about everything except for one thing, and that's making friends. And he's really hoping that he's going to find a new friend at this school, someone just like him, someone really sensible and clever and smart and follows the rules. Um, but that night, as he settles down to sleep, um, at the end of his garden, there is a tree, and in that tree is a little witch called Pickle Witch, and she is everything that Jack is. She is naughty and grubby and rude and wild and magic. And she's only ever had the birds for company, But as soon as she sets eyes on Jack, she decides that he will make the perfect new best friend and decides to go to school with him on his first day and makes his life a nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a very singular individual, isn't she? She's a very singular individual. Yes. She she knows what she likes. As it says in the books, I like... Was it? Um, I I liked what it does and something like that. I can't remember. You have to have a look at the book. But um, yeah, she doesn't. She she knows what she likes and she doesn't take kindly to anybody telling her different. Basically, yeah, she's not scared of anybody. No, quite right. Mm. Good for her. <laughs> and she also has a rather wonderful way with words. And some of the parts of the books that made me laugh the hardest were her rather fabulous songs. Where did the inspiration <laughs> for those songs come from? Oh, the songs. Um, well, I love those kind of, you know, earthy songs that you hear, like sea shanties and things like that. So you're, you're talking about the Badger's Bomb songs, aren't you? Mm. The Badger's Bottom songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Uh, my Also, my, my nan used to make up 
rude songs which she found hilarious <laughs> which she would tell us at the dinner table much to my mother's mortification um and I, I'm just really interested in words I think I think um there are so many interesting words out there and, and the way that we can make our own words you know Shakespeare made made hundreds and hundreds of his own words you know he came up with eyeball and stuff like that and um we, we can do that too and my husband is dyslexic and left-handed and he just has a different way of looking at things and he 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 makes up words and he writes them down in a book <laughs> so we can remember them and he came up with this one word which i loved and it was scanadian somebody who was both canadian but also from scandinavia <laughs> amazing <laughs> and I think it's so wonderful. So I just started um, making up these words like fudge nut and things like that. But I also looked at lots of very old English words, which we just don't use anymore, like panicking, um, fop doodle, mumble crust. Um, they're all real words, but they sound made up, but they're not. Yeah, no, they are. They're amazing. They're some of my favourite favorite bits. I did have a bit of a snort as I... <laughs> And my son was similar, so we obviously share the same thing oh, in rude songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to sing that to make it scan properly. I had to sing it loudly to myself, of course, in the lounge while the dogs while the dogs watched. Um... <laughs> Did they join yeah, I've got, yeah. Oh, oh, well, they would have done, I'm sure. Um, were they not doing something even more equally disgusting? Um, but no, <laughs> no. I, I do like I do like a bawdy tune. Yes. Okay. Well, you've done very well to keep them child-friendly in this instance. Good. Oh, yes, they have to be child-friendly. Yeah, that's where the fun is. <laughs> of course. Um, so you mentioned before that um, Pickle Witch is very much the opposite of Jack. And I love that Jack was a little bit socially awkward and he often despairs mm. of Pickle Witch's antics. Was he fun to write as a foil to um, Pickle Witch's, you know, eccentricities? Yeah, yeah, he is fun to write, actually, because I think lots of people think that, oh, you know, Pickle Witch is the one that must have been the most fun to write. And she really, she really is. But Jack's restraint, um, you know, how he wants to join in, but he's just not sure he's doing the right thing. I meet a lot of very earnest children. Um, I know because I was a very earnest child as well. And I just wanted to get things right and do things in the right way and not be misunderstood and and believe that if I did everything in the right way, then everything would be all right. Um, whereas I think what Jack learns from Picklewitch is that doing what you're told is not always doing the right thing. Um, and it's to, it's to trust your own judgment, I think. And, and his development as a character is, is, is oh, it's a real pleasure to write, actually, even though he's infuriated by her. <laughs> yeah. That actually leads me on really nicely to my next question because I wanted to ask you when you were planning um the second book, did you consider yeah. the kind of overall story arc for the story as a whole and for the characters and possibly for future titles? And how difficult is it to make a title that's in a series work as a standalone read um as well? So that's kind of two questions in one, isn't it? But Yeah, well I, I think I think writing series is tougher than a lot of people might think I think lots of people want to write series when they start writing they think oh yeah that's that's great that's the the golden goose but it's it's um there is there are real challenges that come to it because you sort of like a like you're like a greyhound out of the gate in the first book 
and then you've got to um, keep the pace as you go along into the next books as well. And that's actually, with this particular series, I really enjoyed writing Cookie Cousin because I felt, um, I felt it gather pace even faster, um, which kind of surprised me, really. It got its own sort of energy, I think. Um, but when I was planning the initial Pickle Witch, I knew it was going to be a series. Um, and so I sort of spent the first book making sure that the reader gets to know the characters really thoroughly. So they understand, you know, who they're dealing with and what they might do. And then when you when you do that, you can put them in all manner of different circumstances. Um, you know, I mean, as, as I should take, for example, as a child, I really loved Scooby-Doo. I love Scooby-Doo yes. and Shaggy and all the characters. And I knew what they would do. You could put them in lots of different situations. In fact, I used to in my head and try and imagine what they would do in these different situations. And actually writing a series is a bit like that really um yeah yeah no that's a good answer thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer um i think i just get to know them as people it sounds a bit mad but um when you when you're writing about them all the time they just march around your head like people and you, you go on imaginative trips with them yeah the men in white coats will be here any second <laughs> um, okay. yeah you do yeah so did you find the second one easier to write because you did have the characters established already in the first book and in your mind by the time you got to their next adventure? I think so. I did get, I did know them better and it meant that you, I could explore subtleties. So in the way that Jack is annoyed that Pickle, which is cousin, is coming to stay because he thinks, oh, it's just, he's going to be a nuisance and it's going to be a problem, really... He doesn't want him to come because he'd have to share a pickle witch. Mm. And he hasn't had a friend before. And, and it, but he can't really admit it to himself properly. So it means that you can just sort of explore those little, the subtleties really of, of friendship and what makes friendship and how we're all so flawed, even if we think we're perfect. <laughs> yeah, you're quite right. And often the ones you think they are the most perfect are the ones who are in fact yeah. flawed. Yeah. The most flawed, yeah. And and as and as Archie changes, as Jack starts to realise there's something not right, and there's a particular scene where Archie he goes to, to reach to help Archie do something and Archie slaps his hand away. Mm. And it's that sudden realisation of, Oh, you're not my friend. Yeah. This is not what I thought it was. And and Jack's Jack's in a constant state of um of of trying to understand the kind of sand he's standing on if you know what I mean if it's giving yeah. if it's going if it's yeah yeah it's just his kind of development and and that's that's a real pleasure to be able to do and it's not really something I could do in a first book no so do you know how many books there are going to be in the series or do you kind of go book by book well I, I I'm there's going to be three um, definitely, um, but who knows what may happen in the future? I don't know. Um, but currently, three. Currently, three are done, and I've, I've pretty much written the third. So, um, yeah, oh. I, I'm really hoping there might be more because I'm, I'm missing them yeah. terribly already. I'm sure you. Might <laughs> I need pickle witch in my life. <laughs> Any excuse to write those rude songs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a character in the third book that when I think about it it just really makes me laugh but I... no. <laughs> uh, yeah another foil to pickle witch yeah <laughs> amazing I look forward to seeing that one actually <laughs>
Um, so when when is that due out? The third one? Do you know yet? Um, that's yeah. It'll be the same time as this one, I think. So um, probably September twenty twenty. Yeah, just September twenty twenty. I would have thought it's sort of once a year. Yeah. Um, but it is a great opportunity. I love the thing. I really like writing is character and um, writing this series. It, well, all books are right. They, they they afford me such opportunity to write really rich characters, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So talking of your amazing characters, I want just to talk about your Knitbone Pepper series. Yeah. Could you possibly just fill listeners in a little bit as to what Knitbone Pepper is all, all about? And then I was just wondering whether you consider it to be aimed at the same kind of readers as Pickle Witch or whether you see them as two separate groups. Interesting question. Interesting question. Um, well, if that's the first bit first, um, Knitbone Pepper is a it's about a relationship between a a girl and her dog um, in the way that Pickle Witch and Jack is a very wobbly friendship. Um, I think it was Michelle Harrison who described it as that a very wobbly friendship. Um, Knitbone Pepper and Winnie pepper are just best friends they've grown up together her dog they do everything together and they live in this tumble down 950 year old house called star cross hall um but animals don't live as long as humans and nitbone reaches the end of his days and winnie is heartbroken and thinks that's it but nitbone hasn't actually gone anywhere he's in her wardrobe and he's a ghost and he tries everything he can think of to get her to notice him but she doesn't notice him and um, he thinks he's going to be alone forever. But then he's invited along to a meeting of other ghosts called Beloveds. And they are the spirits of Winnie's ancestors' pets. They've loved their people so much they've never faded away. And Nitbone is their latest recruit. Mm. And um, then one day Winnie Pepper notices something out of the corner of her eye that changes her life forever, really. And, uh, and there's a series of five. Yeah, there are lots <laughs> of adventures to enjoy, aren't there? Yeah, oh, there's all kinds of different animals, really. It's all about, really, the, the premise of the series is about um, people being reunited with the animals they think they'd lost forever um, as ghosts. And there's all kinds of adventures, and it's very funny, and there's lots of very sort of strong characters. So these beloveds, the standard beloveds, there's a hare, there's a, um, so there's a medieval um, hare, there's an Elizabethan monkey, a Stuart goose, a wartime hamster and Nitbone and various other tigers and horses and, uh, and a magic rabbit in the latest one as well. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of animals. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what was the other question you asked me about age group? Wasn't yes, it? and would you consider Nitbone's readers to be the same cohort mm. as Pickle Witch's readers? Well, that's one of the things you learn as a writer is that very often the audience you think you're writing for isn't the audience that like it best in the end, <laughs> which is kind of disconcerting because you think, oh, but I thought I was writing. Um, so I've always thought of Pickle, which is being for slightly older children than Knitbone, but I'm continually surprised by teachers who you know, say they really like it as a year two read, um, Pickle Witch. And um, the language in both of them is kind of advanced. I don't shy away from using um, what I think to be interesting words, because I think even if um, even if you're a, a young reader, you're still going to be interested in sharing stories and learning interesting words and the sound of words. Um, but they've got lots of pictures and they're chapter books, quite short chapters. So... Personally, I think that Pickle Witch is slightly older 
than knit bone um but other people might disagree I suppose it depends on whether you're having it as a kind of read aloud to a younger child whether they're independently and I think you're right Mm. about the language thing and when you know you have toddlers who know the names of all the dinosaurs yeah absolutely I don't think you should Mm. dumb down vocabulary for children they love they love a, a good word you know, yeah, children, are, they, they love the sound of words. And I think that's something I, I sort of hope to try and get across is about the music of words and the music of a sentence. Because if the words, words sentences should be musical, you, you know when they sound right. You know, it's controversial, isn't it? And the way that things are at the moment with and the way that grammar's taught. Um, but I, I think if you just listen to language if you listen to the music of a sentence you will know if it's right or if it's wrong and it will hold people's attention or not and uh, i'd hope that's what children might pick up from my books is um not necessarily how many adjectives are in it no. <laughs> but what what, the, what it sounds like what it, what the words feel like rolling around their mouth when they when they say the words um because because language is a beautiful thing. We have a really beautiful language. Mm, I think what you've mentioned there about children's writing is interesting. I'm a teacher, so I have had, oh. I have had to teach them to use fronted adverbials and the present perfect tense, but it can be really formulaic. And actually, the best thing, personally, I think the best thing you can do for children is to read to them and encourage them to read themselves because you can always tell in a child's writing whether they are a reader or not because it just plays out in their vocabulary and like you say they do take more Mm -hmm. chances with their structure so yeah it's a case of what being told to do and what you really would like to do there's a sort of um it's 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 a bit there's a sort of a landscape to a piece of writing isn't there you know there's hills and there's troughs and there's and there's being able to be familiar with it and um I'm always a really big fan of of children telling stories aloud because I think it's such a skill to be able to hold an audience with with the way that you speak um and if you're really enjoying the I was talking to Chris Priestley Chris Priestley about this the other day actually and I used to uh I used to love reading aloud at school um, and I used to get teased for it um but and I didn't I never really understood why because I was so lost (laughs) in that reading it never occurred to me that anybody was listening <laughs> um, <laughs> which um but no I, I always really i really loved it again um i'm i'm a very sort of uh very sort of visual person so if i've got um and most people said that about my writing i used to do lots of painting and things and i think now i just what i, what I kind of end up doing is painting with words mm. um and i i need language to be colorful in order for me to remember it um yeah <laughs> not, not very good with with technical stuff but, you know I don't I I yeah I would question personally how important it all is I'm very much on your side I think in this debate but it's just hopefully things will change for the better in the future well, I did I did learn a word the other day though I learned new a new phrase the other day um it was a it was on twitter i think and it was a split diagram oh don't you know i i'm a teacher of older like he stays two children and the day my eldest son he's 10 now but the day he came home from school and he was mummy we've been learning about split vowel diagraphs i was like what what do you mean magic e is that what you mean like a k e magic e on the yeah 
Yeah, and I, I think I had an explanation as to why they don't use magic key anymore, and it's because it's not actually magic. No, well, no. <laughs> which made me laugh. Yeah, which is sad. And I, I, uh, I have heard that they hadn't know. used magic E because it was more of a reference to kind of 80s and 90s uh, culture. Oh, mm. oh my goodness, really? But I'm not sure how many five year olds would, would pick up on that. Not really, think, not really. I think your explanation is probably more accurate but yeah I, 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 I don't know it's it's um I always loved reading with my children and again I think you can always tell when parents do read with their children um and I think there's always having had my children go through the whole educational system mm. um I think by the time they get to secondary school you, as a parent you can become quite alienated from the way that they're learning because they're learning in different ways that you don't necessarily understand and you back away and I, and I feel sort of fearful that if that happens at a primary level as well yeah um because I've, I've have asked lots of people I know very clever people um, they know what a split diagraph is and they go what <laughs> so so um yeah I don't know I don't know I'm, I'm not a teacher so I'm not really positioned to criticize but um yeah. and I don't mean to criticize but it's uh I just think there are so many, there are so many lovely words out there, and we shouldn't. It's a bit like driving. I was thinking, it's like driving a car. So I can drive a car, and I really love enjoy driving, and I don't know what all the bits under the engine are called, but I don't need to because I really enjoy driving. But you know, it's controversial, isn't it? Well, I don't. It's as controversial as you think. Actually, I think, to be honest, most I think most teachers that I know would agree with you. I think I think where the contention mm. comes is perhaps where the presumption is made that teachers are doing it because they think it's a good thing mm. to do rather than what mm. they've been told to do. But anyway, yes. we digress. Yes. From... Picklewitch, Picklewitch would have some things to say about yes. this. That I like guess. have a very rude conversation about <laughs> our diagraphs in front of girls. Oh, I should do a rude Picklewitch song about it, shouldn't I? Really? It's a sensation. You should definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't even tell me. You mentioned that yes. you kind of considered yourself to be writing, perhaps not for the age group or readership that you thought. Have you yeah. ever considered really going for a very different age, which may be a picture book or a longer middle grade novel, perhaps? Uh, you know, I. I was actually thinking about it today um, because because my looking at lots of, because I've been talking to various booksellers lately and looking at my books, they tend to be sort of longer than the average for the age group. Mm. Um, so I don't really fit into any particular kind of category. And one of the questions I sometimes like to ask other authors is, you know, how old are you? And they say, I beg your pardon. Okay. And they go, no, no, I don't mean like how old. I mean, how old are you? How old is your writing age? When is that time when you can go back to being a child and it's really vivid? And they go, oh, I'm six. <laughs> or they go, oh, I'm 12. Um, and I am, I think, eight. I can remember that time really vividly and the sort of stories that I liked. And um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I remember the other ages quite as well. I think... Yeah. I don't know I'm really happy writing for this age group uh I think if you want to I don't know you know when it comes to prizes and things like that that's very much a kind of like um the middle grade sort of um nine to twelve sort of age group mm. um the age group I write for 
is not heavy on that side of things I think but I do really love it I think years and years ago I used to be a teaching assistant so um, I know how important that about seven year old is you know when they're if you can get them into reading if you can make them if you can lead them to believe that reading is a is a is a blessing rather than a curse at that age um, that's such a gift to be able to give them for the rest of their life and so so when I when when parents write to me and say oh you know this is the first chapter book that my child's been able to finish by themselves or that they've really wanted to I think yes Mm -hmm. that I am very happy yeah job done Um, so yeah so yeah I, I really like writing for kind of this age group I think but you never say never you never know. You never know. <laughs> but it's good because this age group is quite, it's really hard to get books specifically for that are suitable lengthwise and topic wise. And they're not quite as heavy going as middle grade, but they're, mm. there's more to them than some picture books. So it's a really tricky age. And it's great that we do have authors like you who are championing and you. producing such great series. Because once children get hooked on a series as well, then they're off, aren't they? I find that's oh yeah yeah I had a little girl the other day um who she's she's loved the knitbone series really really loved the knitbone series and because now it's probably come to an end the um with the rabbit called wish oh, she was terribly upset um and I thought oh goodness because because you you know children they do get really really invested yeah. in a series and it's it's a it's a you know it's a big responsibility so I had to go oh which well you know never but there might be you never know <laughs> Yeah, there might be. We haven't done Orlando's story yet. You never, and then she sort of like cheered up. Um, but yeah, I think lots of the time the themes that I write about, because I meet a lot of children who've got really great vocabularies um, and they are good little readers, but they want happy endings and they don't want too much peril. And um I think that's probably why they like my books, actually. Yeah. Uh, because they're always happy endings. There's a bit of peril, um, and they can get their teeth stuck into words like cacophony. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's enough for them to read at bedtime, hopefully with their parents as well, or whoever reads them. Um, no, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy to be in in this particular space. It's a real, it's a real privilege. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So mm. on to my very last question. You mentioned that mm. you've got another Pickle Witch adventure out this time next yes. year. Do you have any yes. other projects in the pipeline that you're allowed to mention? <sighs> well, there is something, but I can't really mention at the moment um, that's a potential. I had three books out this year, so it's been mad. It's been, <laughs> so I've been writing, and I do a lot of school visits as well. I love love doing school visits and um so I haven't really had much time to think about other ideas and I had a few days off I think I had like three days off last week for the first time in ages and I thought right I'm just going to relax I'm just gonna and it took about half an hour before the ideas start to go like popcorn <laughs> trying to get out the pan on my head um so I've got about five ideas oh. at the moment <laughs> um, um, and yesterday I wrote a story um so I don't know I don't know but if I come up with an idea for a story it, it all tends to move quite quickly I I don't I don't spend ages and ages over writing it I just I sort of like 
it's like a, it's like shut down for four days and I write 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 and then it's like go next idea wow. um so yeah it, it's funny you know because I I never thought that I would be a writer I never I never intended to be it was all very sort of accidental and didn't really happen until I was about didn't, didn't think about it until I was about 38 mm-hmm. probably um, and then I started doing it and, and everything kind of came together. The, the, the being a teaching assistant, the, the um, doing paintings and illustration, um, having done an English degree. And it just went and it's like, that's the thing. And I just haven't, my feet haven't really touched the ground. Since. Amazing. And how lovely to have found your thing because some people never do, do they? I never thought I would. <laughs> I, I never thought I would. I, I knew that I was somebody that, um, that, being creative was really important to me, but I could never sort of um, get all of the different pieces to fit together. And it was um, really sort of accidental. I sent out some pictures to an agent for doing illustration and I wanted to explain to her who the characters were. And so I wrote letters to her from each individual character. And she just said, oh, well, I like the pictures, but you should write books. And I went, oh really (laughs) and that was it yeah yeah so I'm very very fortunate very fortunate to have found something um that 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 kind of fits me like a glove I think I'll be doing it always now amazing yeah well that's a really lovely note to end on (laughs) I've loved it this has been really good fun I'm sad this is over well we can do it again this time next year you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah let's good book talk i'll pencil you in and i'll i'll give you a give you a call the other time that would be great <laughs> but thank you so much <laughs> for giving up your time to talk to me oh no i'm fine i'm so glad we got to do me it too. thank you so much so i'm going to say thank you again and good night and goodbye <laughs> okay thank you so um take care good. thank you very much my Joe. pleasure good night you take care thank good night you. to you Bye-bye. too bye bye Right, it's time for some reviews of the Pickle Witch series by the pupils of Stenning Sieve E Primary School and from Glenbrook Primary School too. Let's hear what they thought. My name is Ellie and I'm a Year 5 pupil librarian at Stenning Sieve E Primary School. The book I am reading is Pickle Witch and Jack by Claire Barker, illustrated by Timu Jehanai. This book is a fantastically funny tale of two unlikely friends. Both new to society, they must tackle problems thrown at them at their new school, St. Immaculate's for the Gifted. After Jack moves into a new house, he meets Picklewitch in the garden. They start school and Picklewitch gets Jack into a lot of trouble. My favourite character is Picklewitch because she is hilariously funny and saves the day with tremendous humour. I simply couldn't put the book down, I had to keep reading. I think it is a truly brilliant book. This book is also part of a series and I look forward to reading the next one. I recommend this book to readers aged 5 to 9 who are a fan of comedy and magic. This book is suitable for boys and girls. I rate it 4 stars out of 5. So this book is called Pickle Witch and Jack and the Cuckoo Cousin. It's by Claire Barker and... um. It was like the cuckoo cousin um, comes to stay um, and Jack 
um, worries that pickle, which will lose interest in him. And it was my favourite bit was that it's just so funny, and my score is an eight. What was funny about it? Um, just it was really. The witch in it was just dead funny and she just used to do really silly things and she's dead funny. Well, that's all, folks. Make sure you remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the next episode. And you won't want to miss out because it's with author Laura James about her rather wonderful and neon-coloured first chapter book series, Fabio, the world's greatest flamingo detective. Make sure you join us. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the chat and reviews. If you want more reviews and recommendations, please do head over to my blog, www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com. Or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at Book Superhero 2.